Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Good evening, everyone. Brand new week. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960. WSBT also a live stream available at WSBTradio.com on our free WSBT radio app. Video feed is right now rolling on the Twitch app. It is wonderful to have you with me on this Monday, June the 26th of 2023. For many of us, we're getting reacquainted with what rain looks like over the last 24 hours, although a deadly Horrible tornado down there near Indianapolis yesterday. I was at Grand Park yesterday watching some of those storms roll through. And just to our south, a horrible tornado went through. I believe it was Greenwood, Indiana. But up here, looks like we had plenty of rain, some hail in spots. But the grass needs to green up a little bit. So good to have a little rain coming down today. Well, We've got a two-hour program for you this evening. The South Bend Cubs have the day off today, so the program will get over at 7 o'clock tonight and throughout the week because starting tomorrow, South Bend will be at Beloit in the central time zone, so some earlier starts, or I should say some later starts, actually, for them being in the central time zone, so we get to talk for two hours here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Coming up in a few moments, our hat trick of opening topic, bottom of the hour, Pro Football Focus, who does a great job of breaking down the game analytically. They have used their formulas to come up with a preseason top 25 for college football. And Notre Dame, right around the 10 spot, will tell you where they actually ended up in a few moments. And a quick thought on each of the 25 teams 
in this pro football-focused preseason poll, including several Notre Dame opponents in 2023 making the list. We will have our Twitter question of the day coming up in just a little bit. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, my five biggest winners of the weekend. A very interesting and odd stat as we get set for the National Football League. And for many of you, fantasy football, a very interesting stat involving the NFC East. We'll explain in just a little bit. And, of course, at the end of the program, we will have a little sizzler sports wagering conversation. It was a 2-2 two and two Friday, 8-7 and seven for the week. And the month of June, I wish it lasted 100 days because in June, the Sizzler record is 41-21-1, and and we've been tearing up Major League Baseball. We will have two Major League Baseball selections tonight and two from the College World Series championship game, which is coming up tonight between Florida and LSU. Each team has won a game in the best of three. Florida, that Wild win yesterday, 24-4 to over LSU after the Tigers won on an extra inning home run in game one. The national champion will be decided tonight. Florida beat LSU in the title round just a few years ago. I think it was 2017. They'll try to match that feat tonight in Omaha for the College World Series. And what a terrific job Mike Monaco did, a Notre Dame alum calling many of those college world series games he normally had the afternoon games and called game two last night he is a pros pro and he is doing many great things including he is one of the broadcasters for the boston red sox on nesson does great work for espn and i thought he did a tremendous job he calls a beautiful baseball game and baseball on tv is not easy you have to incorporate your analysts you got the producer in your ear, you're trying to, you know, run the broadcast from that play-by-play seat. And Mike just does a fabulous job. Gosh, he's still a young guy, and he's doing big things, but many more big things to come for Mike as he's doing just fabulous work right now for ESPN. And unfortunately, he's not calling game three tonight. They're going back to Carl Ravitch, but I guess seniority wins out. But Mike calls, in my opinion, a much much cleaner ball game. So, Mike, job well done. All right, so those are some of the topics coming up tonight. I want to start the program with this. And if you've been listening to WSBT Radio today, maybe you have heard our promo. But I really have some wonderful news to report to you that one month from today, July the 26th, it is going to be the return of A good, good friend, Eric Hansen, is going to rejoin the program. He's going to be on a couple of times a week during the 5 o'clock hour. Maybe if you're new to the show, Eric was my co-host on Sportsbeat during the 5 o'clock hour for nine years. And then COVID hit, unfortunately. And, you know, business models changed at that time. But I am so, so happy and honored to have Eric back on the program He is, you know, a a guy that has covered Notre Dame football for a couple of decades now, a tremendous writer, and he is a very, very good communicator as a broadcaster as well. So one month from today, going to have Eric back with me. Again, he'll be on a couple of times 
a week during the Notre Dame football season, and it sounds like beyond that. But let's just focus on the Notre Dame football season, which Eric, of course, is going to be heavily involved with, with Inside Indie Sports, the company that he and Tyler James runs, the Notre Dame site for rivals, uh, Inside Indie Sports. They have a great Monday program at 7 o'clock where they talk all things Notre Dame football. So I'm thrilled because he has been a good, good friend away from the microphones for many, many years, and we've been co-hosts on this program, gosh, for nine years. I mean, that's longer than a lot of true marriages. So we did pretty well through the years. So a month from today, looking forward to having Eric back in studio as we will spend an hour talking Notre Dame football that day and for many, many days to come. So wanted to pass along that news. And for those of you that have listened to the program for a long time, I think you know how great Eric is. And for those of you that have not heard him, by golly, pull up a chair and enjoy Eric and I having some good conversations a couple of times a week starting July the 26th, one month from today, here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Inside Indie Sports, of course, is Eric's website. You can check him out in advance right now. All right, so that's my happy news to report. I want to get to... A little talk later on in the program. I'll find a spot for this. But there was some really big hockey news today involving the Chicago Blackhawks as they picked up the number one overall pick in the 2010 NHL draft. He's now 31 years old. Taylor Hall from the Boston Bruins to the Chicago Blackhawks. For the Bruins, it was a salary dump. They had to get under the cap. Mission accomplished. And really, the Blackhawks did not give up a whole lot other than a couple of restricted free agent defensemen. So I'll break that down a little more as a Boston Bruin fan who's watched Taylor Hall in the spoke B. A, you're getting still a highly efficient offensive player and a great veteran player to team with Connor Bedard, who's going to be the number one pick in the draft and a guy that's been compared to Sidney Crosby coming to the NHL. He'll be drafted by the Hawks in a few days. So we'll get to more on that in a little bit, but that's a little teaser. Big Taylor Hall fan. Nice pickup for the Chicago Blackhawks as they look to turn that franchise around. All right, let's get to some hat trick of opening topics. We start with Fort Wayne representing once again, boy, oh boy, Jalen Smith. Remember him coming out of Fort Wayne? One heck of a football player. We'll see how good this guy becomes, but 2024 safety out of Fort Wayne, Tate Johnson, committed to the Fighting Irish over the weekend. He is 6'3", 170 pounds. He had visited a lot of schools multiple times, including Purdue, Michigan State, Penn State. He'd been to Tennessee a couple of times, Miami of Florida. On three ranks, Johnson as the 283rd best player in the 24 class, the number 12 athlete and number five prospect in the state of Indiana. Guy that could probably play a couple of positions. Looks like Notre Dame wants him as a safety. So with Johnson in the class, three safeties for the class of 2024. Tay Johnson joining Kennedy Erlocker, 
and Tabron Benny Powell, who committed to the Fighting Irish over the last week. Hey, if you're a Notre Dame football fan, you know safety recruiting massive in this 24 cycle. And the Irish have added three right now to this class of 2024. As I mentioned last week, the seats are filling up on the 24 bus at Notre Dame. There are some spots left. That might be it for the safety position. You never know if a really good player pops up. You do not turn them down, but that could be your safety class. Also, Johnson is the second Hoosier native to join this class of 2024 for Marcus Freeman. Johnson joins Styles Prescott, an offensive lineman from Fishers, Indiana, playing his high school football at Hamilton Southeastern. So, Tay Johnson from Fort Wayne, welcome to the Notre Dame football class of 2024. Hat trick of opening topics number two. Are the Cubs going to be more accessible to you? There are so many people out there that are Cub fans that do not get to watch their team play since the Cubs created their own network, Marquee Sports Network, in conjunction with Sinclair. You have to have the right service in order to get Marquee. I know Fubo is one of the outlets that you can get Marquee. I have YouTube TV. I do not have access to Marquee. So remember the old days when the big complaint was you never knew what channel the Cubs were going to be on, WGN or this channel or that channel? That concern seems really small with so many people not being able to watch Cub baseball. But maybe that is about to change. The Chicago Cubs team president of baseball operations, Crane Kenny, was on the score in Chicago on Saturday. And he is telling his fan base that the Cubs are hoping to launch an in-market, direct-to-consumer streaming service after the All-Star break. So this could come in the next few weeks. Kenny said, quote, To reach our fans that have cut the cord, we're introducing a streaming service this year. We're aiming for July sometime after the All-Star break to bring a service for those who say, I cut the cord, I don't have Fubo, which we are available on, but I'd like to buy Marquee individually, just the channel, to see Cub games. End quote. Now, the Chicago Sun-Times had some very interesting numbers, and I'll read their work. Cord cutting continues to eat away at cable and satellite subscriptions, spiking to 60% in 2022 for the five biggest U.S. pay TV operators still publicly reporting subscriber counts, according to Next TV. Number one among those is Comcast, the dominant cable provider. They've lost 11.2% of its pay TV customers last year. Wow, that's over a tenth of their customers. Now, what is this going to cost? The idea sounds great. It seems very simple. So basically, Cub Baseball and Marquee Sports Network would be 
available like you subscribe to Netflix, Max, whatever your favorite subscription channel or channels are, this would be an option. I compare this to almost being a subscriber to NFL Sunday Ticket. Another reason why I feel that way is the money, which we'll get to in a second. Now, we don't know what the Cubs are going to ask you to pay for this service, but let's give a couple of examples. Now, the Boston Red Sox were the first Major League Baseball team to launch their own service through their regional sports network, Nessun, in June of 2022. What are the Red Sox asking of their fans to pay for this service? $29.99 per month, or you can get the Red Sox and Nesson for the entire year at $329.99. That is more than NFL Sunday ticket costs. I believe YouTube TV has the rights now to NFL Sunday ticket. I think it's $299 for the full NFL season. Red Sox baseball streamed via Nesson, $329 per year or $29.99 a month. Now that is much higher than the streaming services that you probably subscribe to. Netflix, Peacock, Paramount Plus, whatever the case may be, that's a lofty number. The New York Yankees launched their own service opening day this year through their Station, yes. The Yankees are charging $24.99 per month and $239.99 annually. That is still more than your basic service. What I don't know is, do you just get the Red Sox and Yankee games? Do you get all of Nesson and Yes's programming? I don't think that's a major factor. It's not like they have many programs other than the actual game, pregame and postgame that you might be interested in. There are some things on marquee, like I know several times Notre Dame basketball has showed up on marquee as part of the ACC network package. So there are some things. So I'm not sure if it's just the games or if you get the entire channel. For the cost of this, I hope you get the entire channel. Now, we, again, we don't know what the Cubs are going to charge, but wouldn't you have to think it's going to be somewhere in that vicinity? So the question is, would you spend $20, $25, $30, $35 a month on getting Chicago Cubs baseball if you don't have Fubo or if there is another service that you have in which you get Marquee Sports Network? I mean, there are many diehard Cub fans that want to see their team play, but that's a pretty big ask. Again, it's it's in that NFL Sunday ticket range. The Red Sox cost more than NFL Sunday ticket. The Yankees are a little less. So the good news is very, very soon, Cub baseball might be made more accessible to you, the fan. But it comes and what I would call a pretty stiff cost. To me, that's a lot of money per month. I mean, for the average Joe, average Jane, to be asked to pay between 20 and 35 bucks a month for another service, that's, that's a good amount of change. No question. I know recently, 
this was in maybe the last two weeks. The Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, met the Internet media for a sit-down, and one of the things he mentioned, he expects St. Louis Cardinals baseball to be on basically like a pay-per-view very, very soon, which probably looks just like this. I'm not sure it's going to be game to game. I'd be surprised by that. I'm sure it's going to be something like we're talking about right here. The problem is, I mean, Sinclair bought all these regional networks, and now money is not coming the way to some of these teams. The Padres did not get their payment this year, so now Major League Baseball is running their TV broadcasts. So the regional networks are becoming something almost like a dinosaur, it feels like. So you might have a lot more teams go to what we know today as a streaming service. So if you want to watch Seattle Mariners baseball, you might have to get a subscription like you get a subscription to Netflix. I've lived off MLB TV for the last 25 years living here and being able to watch my team play. It's just the norm. I've paid $100, $129, whatever the case may be to get not only my team, but every team in Major League Baseball that doesn't fall into their stupid blackout window. So I'm used to paying that to see my team out of market. This would be obviously a big change for you, the Cub fan, having to pay that type of money. Many people might say, easy choice. Others, I'll listen to Pat and Ron on the radio, which is still an awfully good choice. Baseball is just a beautiful sport on the radio so you might have a big decision to make cub fans you can get your cubbies back on your television but it could come at a significant cost hat trick of opening topics number three plenty of notre dame stars if you are someone that follows the wnba you're probably not surprised by this news for everybody else well the wnba all-star game is coming up july 15th and three former Notre Dame basketball players will start in this game. Jewel Lloyd, Arike Agumbawale. Well, I've not practiced that in a few years. <laughs> I've lost my touch there. And also Jackie Young. Lloyd plays for Seattle, averages 25.4 points per game. Her fifth all-star appearance. She leads the WNBA in three-pointers made at 3.4 a contest. Boy, Jules having a fantastic year. You've got Agumba Wale, plays for Dallas, 22.7 points per game, her third All-Star game appearance. She is third in the WNBA in three-pointers made at 2.9 a game, so just behind the pace set by Jewel Lloyd. And the third Notre Dame starter in this WNBA All-Star game in about three weeks Jackie Young, who plays for Las Vegas, averaging 20.2 points per game and her second appearance. And with the way Notre Dame continues to recruit at a high level, you would have to imagine in the next two years, there's going to be a couple of more really outstanding Notre Dame basketball players playing in the WNBA. But right now, we will celebrate Lloyd, Agumbawale, and Young, Starters in the upcoming WNBA All-Star Game. And those are 
Our hat trick of opening topics for tonight, Notre Dame ad safety Tay Johnson from Fort Wayne. Cubs TV may be more accessible here in the near future and plenty of Notre Dame stars in the WNBA. It is 5.30 at WSBT Radio. Coming up next, we all love preseason polls. Well, Pro Football Focus does a lot of great work on college football, breaking down the game analytically, and they have come out with their top 25 for the college football season. Where does Notre Dame land? How many of their 2023 opponents are in the top 25? Some thoughts on all 25 jammed into one segment coming up next as we talk some college football. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and, and maybe in some ways be a spoiler. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. Yeah, if you want to ask me a question about Stanford, I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell. 24 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Bud Weiser's weekday sports beat rolls on for this Monday evening. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with me on this start of a brand new work week and we look at our total 61 days until Notre Dame football takes on Navy in Dublin the season opener August the 26th 230 kickoff on sports radio 960 WSBT 730 kickoff over in Dublin so the boys are going to have that long trip back from Dublin after a night game in Dublin and they get back to town try to get back on I guess Eastern time and get ready for good old Tennessee State just a few days later. Well, I think those of us that are college football fans are excited when the calendar gets to July 1st, which is just a couple of days away. We know that college football is right around the corner. And with Notre Dame playing in week zero, the Irish more than likely will be starting their practice a little bit earlier than normal. So we're probably just a maybe a month or so away from the start of Notre Dame football practice. And with July 1st right around the corner, we have plenty of college football preseason talk to get to and break down. And Pro Football Focus, again, does a really good job of talking about, breaking down, going through the analytics of things that happen in college football. And they have come out with their preseason top 25. They have their analytical formula that bases – what they do into this top 25. I would say the team at number five might be the biggest surprised how high they are ranked according to this formula. And we'll get to five eventually, but let's just have some fun. We'll go through the top 25 and maybe a thought or two on all of these teams. Again, this is pro football focus and their preseason top 25 for 2000. And 23. And away we go. We start at number 25 with a 2023 Notre Dame opponent. 
I'm a little surprised this team is in the top 25, but they've been pretty good the last couple of years. It helped when they had Kenny Pickett two years ago at quarterback throwing to Jordan Addison. Neither one was a Pittsburgh Panther last year. The Pitt Panthers come in at number 25 with Phil Jerkovic as their starting quarterback, the old Notre Dame signal caller getting another chance to take on the Irish. He was injured last year when member of BC, but now he is at Pittsburgh working with coach Narduzzi. Good luck there. But Pittsburgh comes in at number 25. At number 24 from the Big Ten Conference, this one surprised me a tad bit, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I'm surprised Minnesota's in the top 24 because I think everybody knows that flying under the radar, ready to shock the world to win the Big Ten this year, on the west side is the Fighting Illini of Illinois with Brett Bielema. But if you want to give Minnesota hope, I guess it's fine. Put them at number 24 in your poll. Pro Football Focus, their preseason top 25 at number 23. We've got the Mississippi State Bulldogs out of the SEC. Pretty good place to start for Mississippi State. They've got Will Rogers back at quarterback to lead the Bulldogs. At number 22, a familiar opponent for Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish. The last time they took the field was in Jacksonville, and they faced the number 22 team in the preseason poll for Pro Football Focus, the South Carolina Gamecocks. I'm just really curious to know how good South Carolina's defense is going to be. Tyler Buckner and the Irish made some big, big plays against that Gamecock defense. Now they made some plays as well against Buckner. But Notre Dame ended up winning that game. Now you got Spencer Rattler at quarterback. That's a pretty high-end quarterback for South Carolina to build around once again. But I'm just not sure losing some parts that they did. Is South Carolina's defense going to hold up to be a top 25 team? Pro Football Focus preseason top 25 at number 21, the Washington Huskies. I'm excited for another season uh, watching Michael Penix Jr. and quarterback, the former Indiana quarterback. He is a Heisman Trophy hopeful this year and a Pac-12 that has a couple of good teams, USC, Utah, Washington, right there in the mix along with Oregon. Coming in at number 20, might be a little surprised this team is in the top 25 from the Southeastern Conference, the Florida Gators. Year two for Billy Napier in charge of that Gainesville program. Anthony Richardson was their starting quarterback last year. The number four pick in the draft by the Indianapolis Colts. He completed 56% of his throws last year. They brought in... A handful of quarterbacks through the transfer portal. Let's see if they can figure it out. But put aside talent, I think it's going to be tough for Florida to win enough games to be a top 25 team at the end of the year. Among their schedule at Utah, outside of USC, maybe the favorite in the Pac-12. You have to go on the road your first game to Utah. Not fun. You've got home games against the Tennessee Volunteers. Them dogs from Georgia and the Arkansas Razorbacks Pig Suey. And oh, by the way, you got to go make a visit to Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers in Baton Rouge. And oh, yeah, Florida in the non-conference season. Besides going to Utah, you have to host another top 25 team, the Florida State Seminoles. 
So to be in the top 25, you probably need to go eight and four, probably with that schedule would get you in. But how many times are they going to be favored against Utah, Tennessee, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, and Florida State? Right now, probably not many times. But they can all prove us wrong very early on in the season with a great performance at Utah. We're going through the Pro Football Focus preseason top 25. And a quick thought or two in each of the teams. At 19, we go back to the SEC, the Kentucky Wildcats, a team with an outstanding quarterback in Will Levis. Last year, Kentucky lost to that porous Iowa Hawkeye offensive football team. They also lost to Clark Lee and the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, Kentucky watches Levis get drafted by the Tennessee Titans. They replace him with a veteran player from North Carolina State in Devin Leary. At number 18, it is Pig Suey, the Arkansas Razorbacks. K.J. Jefferson, that bruising quarterback for the Razorbacks, is back for another season. And like Florida, they've got a very challenging schedule to get through to be a top 25 team. Arkansas has BYU at home. They have to go see BK and the Tigers in Baton Rouge. Home game against Texas A&M, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, and at Florida. So you got to go to the Swamp, to Tuscaloosa. You got to go to Ole Miss and LSU. That looks like four L's right there before you talk about the rest of that Kentucky schedule. Or Arkansas schedule, excuse me. Number 17 in the pro football focus rankings, Kansas State. The surprise winner of the Big 12 then got thumped by the Crimson Tide in the Sugar Bowl. Kansas State only has four Big 12 road games. They go to Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, and Kansas. So some landmines for Kansas State to go through. Pro football focus, preseason ranking number 16, the national runner-up last year. The Horn Frogs from TCU out of the Big 12, 65 to 7, 65 to 7, 65 to 7. That was the final score in that championship game to the Georgia Bulldogs. And TCU doesn't have Max Duggan anymore, but let's remember that Duggan was not the starter last year at the beginning. It was Chandler Morris. Morris is back atop the depth chart, but all those top targets are gone. There's some young pups. Are horn frogs young pups? I'm not sure what they are. They're youngins. They better grow up quickly if TCU is going to have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. Pro Football Focus, team number 15 of the preseason, the Utah Utes. And Cameron Risen, who got injured in the Rose Bowl, is back. And over the last two years, this Utah quarterback has thrown for 5,500 yards, 46 touchdowns, He's almost ran for 1,000 yards with 12 touchdowns. Big part of that Utah offense is back. They're loaded on the defensive side of the football. And you look at Utah's schedule, Florida at home, at Baylor, home against UCLA. And two of their tougher conference games are on the road at USC and at Washington. Number 14 in the Pro Football Focus Top 25 preseason. It is the Florida State Seminoles. Mike Norvell rebuilding that Seminole program. Florida State went 10-3 last year. Now expectations are they might be the team to 
unseat the Clemson Tigers as ACC champions. Good place to start quarterback Jordan Travis. Gosh, the Irish faced him a couple of years ago. That seems like 25 years ago at this point, but he is still there. And a chance for a big year for this veteran quarterback. Eight starters back on the offensive side of the football, and Florida State averaged 36 points per game last year. They've had some key additions through the portal on defense, and they already have a good majority of their defense back from last year. Watch out for Florida State. Number 13, the Oklahoma Sooners out of the Big 12. Dylan Gabriel, big part of their possible success this year. 25 passing touchdowns, but who is he going to throw the football to? He lost some key weapons last year. And Brent Venables, the old Clemson defensive coordinator, trying to make Oklahoma a little more defensive-minded, still has some work to do. But the Oklahoma offense scored its fewest points in a few years. Are they going to be as prolific in the post-Lincoln-Riley era? Number 12 in the Pro Football Focus Top 25. How about the Oregon Ducks? Quarterback Bo Nix maybe finally fulfilling his promise after transferring out of Auburn a new lease on life in Eugene and had a terrific year last year and now on that short list of Heisman hopefuls in 2023. And you know what? Nix has a pair of really good running backs to offset his arm in Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. They combined for 1,837 yards last year. And again, a lot of winnable games out of the Pac-12. Now let's move to number 11 in the Pro Football Focus preseason poll. It is Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Coming off a nine-win season last year, the Irish had a terrific veteran quarterback in Sam Hartman, but Michael Mayer is gone. Isaiah Foskey has departed for the New Orleans Saints. A lot of spots to be filled, a lot of production to be filled. A lot of viable candidates. And I think Irish fans are really curious to see how good the offense can be with a true gunslinger at quarterback in Sam Hartman. Now to the Pro Football Focus Top 10. These are the 10 teams ranked ahead of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Do you agree with all 10? We start with the men of Troy, the USC Trojans. Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, back for another go-around at the Coliseum. With Lincoln Riley in charge of that offense, no doubt that USC offense is going to be prolific, a big challenge for the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium October 14th. But can the defense become a bigger factor? If the offense has a couple of tough series and they're in a bit of a dogfight, can the defense dig in and shut the door on the opposition? They're trying to fill needs through the transfer portal. But USC, with their Heisman Trophy winner, comes in at number 10. Pro football Focus team number nine from the Southeastern Conference. How about the Tennessee Volunteers, Rocky Top was sung proudly last year as the Volunteers were in the heat of the race for a college football playoff spot, especially after knocking off Alabama and maybe the game of the year in Knoxville last season. The problem is Hendon Hooker, their terrific quarterback, leading that high-powered offense of Josh Heupel is now a Detroit Lion. 
and they're relying on a former Michigan Wolverine to fill the void. First shot at the quarterback spot goes to Joe Milton. He has a cannon for an arm, but can he be accurate? There's no doubt the big plays are going to come out of Knoxville once again with that arm, but you got to be able to do more than just throw the ball deep. It'll be interesting to see how Milton performs as the guy in Rocky Top. And, oh, by the way, good pass rush. Their secondary wasn't very good. That's something to watch out for this year. Coming in at number eight in the Pro Football Focus preseason top 25, the LSU Tigers led by Brian Kelly in his second year. And I tell you what, this is a pretty good dynamic duo of Jaden Daniels at quarterback and former Irish running back, Logan Diggs. Mike Denbrock, the former Irish offensive coordinator, is the OC in Baton Rouge for Brian Kelly. Big expectations in Baton Rouge this year after they might have produced a better product than a lot of LSU fans expected in BK's first year. But now the expectations go back through the roof, in particular, after stunning Alabama on the final play of the game in their matchup with the Crimson Tide. Pro Football Focus, team number seven. How about the Penn State Nittany Lions? There may be no team in the country that's going to be happier in leaving division play for one conference than Penn State. They don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan every single year. The first two years of non-divisional play, they play Ohio State one year. And they play Michigan the next year, not in the same year. So that's a real positive for Penn State. But that's 2024. 2023, Drew Alar, five-star quarterback. It sounded like Notre Dame was involved with him for a time. He is in charge of this offense. And, man, he's got plenty to work with. He's got a loaded offensive line. Deep threats at wide receiver. He's got a stud running back in Nicholas Singleton. Alar has a chance to shine. Penn State believes it is their year to come out of the shadows of Michigan and Ohio State. This just in, those two both should be really, really good this year. So Penn State, to get to where they think they should be, they're going to have to go through the old Buckeyes and the old Wolverines. Pro Football Focus, top 25 at number six, the Clemson Tigers. Quarterback Cade Klubnick, the stage is now yours. The veteran quarterback have been moved out of the way, and Klubnick, who started the last couple of games last year as a freshman, is now a sophomore. And what can he do with a Clemson offense that just has not gotten it done the last two seasons, even with a great running back in Will Shipley? And the Irish will head to Death Valley in November. Here's the big surprise. Pro Football Focus, right to them, not me. Their preseason top 25, their computers tell them the number five team in the country out of the Big 12, the Texas Longhorns. Quinn Ewers is at quarterback. Yeah, Arch Manning is there waiting in the wings. But this team right now belongs to Ewers. They have to replace not just one running back. We all know about Bashan Robinson, but the Robinson-Rashan Johnson combination was right there with the best in the country. I'd put Estime and Diggs last year on a similar level. Probably slight advantage, Bashan Robinson, just what he was able to accomplish by himself. 
But yours also has his number one wide receiver target back and Xavier Worthy. And watch out with Michael Mayer now in the NFL, Blake Bowers of Georgia. Maybe one of his tight ends you'll have to compete with for the best in the country is from Texas and Jatavian Sanders, who had 54 catches, 613 yards, and five touchdowns last year. Now we go to the college football playoff spots in the pro football focus. Preseason top 25 coming in at number four. Unfortunately, we have to hail to the victors, the Michigan Wolverines. Quarterback J.J. McCarthy, who I guess I was told had Notre Dame memorabilia up in his room growing up as a kid. You have to ask Tommy Reese why he was not a Notre Dame player, but he's happy at Michigan. And he's got his running back tandem back in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Oh, by the way, Michigan's defense last year, sixth in the country in total defense. They've been to the playoffs two straight years. Didn't work out either time. Could they make it a hat trick three in a row in Ann Arbor? Coming in at number three, their rival, the Ohio State Buckeyes, ahead of Michigan. Interesting. Who's their starting quarterback? We don't know yet. Coach Dane probably does. It would seem it would be Kyle McCord, who started one game last year with J.J. Stroud injured. The other choice is Devin Brown. I'm wondering, is that offensive line good enough? They lost two really outstanding tackles last year. They do have, arguably, the best wide receiver in college football in Marvin Harrison Jr. And you talk about another running back duo, Trevion Henderson and Mayan Williams. That'll be a tough, tough task for the Notre Dame defense early on in the year. You have to think maybe Ohio State relies a little bit more on the run as they develop a new quarterback at Ohio State. The thing is, McCord's been with that program. I think it's three years now. He knows the system, but can he execute it? Coming in at number two in the pro football focus, top 25, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Pro football focus believes in Tommy Reese working for Nick Saban. Pro Football Focus believes that maybe Tyler Buckner is the answer at quarterback for the Crimson Tide after spring football showed that Alabama needs help at quarterback. They ended up with Notre Dame's backup quarterback, who might be their starting quarterback, in 2023. I'll say this, the top three teams in this Pro Football Focus ranking all have questions at quarterback but yet still in the top three. And number one, the two-time defending national champion, pro football focus, puts Georgia right back on top. Carson Beck appears to be the starting quarterback and a pretty good luxury to have Brock Bowers as his tight end. They have four experience offensive linemen back, defense. They were supposed to be young last year, and they were outstanding. They are loaded once again, which takes a lot of pressure off a first-time starting quarterback in Carson Beck. So, Pro Football Focus, preseason top 25. They've got Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan in the top four. Notre Dame is 11. And from the Notre Dame opponent list, you've got Ohio State 3, Clemson 6, USC 10, and a big surprise, Pittsburgh at number 25. 5.57 is our time. You've got a sports update to get to. Then our Twitter question of the day, the big winners of the weekend, and more as Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues. We're a little college football crazy on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 609 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to the program. This is our Twitter question of the day. Each weekday, I ask you a question on the program and kindly ask you to go to my Twitter account at 960sportsbeat to vote at a comment on each day's Twitter question of the day. On Friday, we tried to mix in a little golf conversation. The question was simply this, who is the current best American golfer? A healthy Tiger Woods, it might have been a landslide. But Tiger Woods on the sideline once again and getting up in age. So I offered you four choices. PGA Championship winner, five-time major champion, Brooks Kepka, Two-time major champion, Colin Morikawa. You've got Masters champion from two years ago, Scotty Scheffler. And a guy, I think he's got three major titles off the top of my head, Jordan Spieth. Well... Two guys didn't get a vote because the other two guys just have been two of the dominant forces in the game this year. Brooks Kepka, a live golfer. We see him in majors. Scotty Scheffler has just been in the top 12 almost in every start for the last year. It's incredible. So who is the best American golfer? 68.2% went with Scotty Scheffler. 31.8% go with Brooks Kepka. I can't wait to get Kepka back on the PGA Tour. All of a sudden, then on one tour, you've got Scheffler, you've got Kepka, John Rahm, Cameron Smith, a live golfer right now, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay. It's going to be a great crop of guys coming together. Honestly, most of those live golfers we don't need. Give me Kepka, give me Smith. You can keep the rest, Sergio, Phil, Bubba. They can go play live golf next year as far as I'm concerned. Give me Cam, give me Brooks, and the PGA Tour. If you're a fan, it's going to be must-see TV when there are designated events or major championships. But I think you got it right, folks. I'll take Scotty Scheffler as the best American golfer right now with Kepka a close second. All right, to today's question, back to Notre Dame football. Again, you can vote at 960-SPORTSBEEP. Which of these Las Vegas over-under college football team win totals is the most likely to go under? All right, so let me read this again. College football win totals, the over-unders, of these four teams, which is most likely to go under their set total? Here are your four choices. We'll start with Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish. Notre Dame, their over-under win total on DraftKings Sportsbook is nine. I've had them nine and three during this offseason, so I'd be a push right now. So which of these teams most likely to go under their win total? Notre Dame, nine. The Ohio State Buckeyes, they're over-under win total is 10 and a half if they lose to michigan they have to beat notre dame and everybody else to go over that number 
Your third choice, the USC Trojans. The Trojans' win total is 10. Seems lofty. And your fourth choice, the Clemson Tigers. The Irish go to Death Valley this year. Clemson's over-under win total is 10.5. Cade Klubnik, there appears to be no concerns in Vegas about his abilities. So again, which of these team win totals is most likely to go under? Notre Dame, 9. Ohio State, 10.5. USC, 10. Clemson, 10.5. It's a tough vote. Looking forward to getting your opinions and offer the results on tomorrow's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. But for now, please join me on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat and vote on today's Twitter question of the day. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's, the family inn. Who were the biggest winners over the weekend? Notre Dame football was one of the five. Details coming up next as Sportsbeat continues at 614 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It is 619 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat rolls on for this Monday evening. If you are a subscriber to Blue and Gold Illustrated, the website blueandgold.com, you might want to check it out this evening. My good friend Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, and Blue and Gold Illustrated put out one of his big predictions earlier this afternoon. And it is a guy that really could be a sign-and-play offensive lineman. Gerby Lambert, the kid out of Massachusetts who visited Notre Dame a few weeks ago. Well, he basically grew up under the shadows of the campus of Boston College. But Mike has put out a prediction that Lambert will choose the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So check out his stories and his insight at blueandgold.com. And Mike will be a guest on tomorrow's Budweiser's weekday sports beat as normal time slot Tuesday right around 6.15. We'll talk about Gerby Lambert. We'll talk about Notre Dame picking up another safety from Fort Wayne over the weekend and whatever else is happening in Notre Dame football recruiting. So hope you'll join me tomorrow. We'll talk to Mike on Budweiser's weekday sports beat during Tuesday's 6 o'clock hour. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
All right, the My Five is the five biggest winners of the weekend. We love winners, right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Let's start on the golf course with Keegan Bradley, the Vermont native, won the PGA Tour stop, the Travelers, in Connecticut, a tournament that he always wanted to play in as a youngster. Not only has he played in it, he is now won that championship. It's his second win of the year for the 37-year-old and career victory number six. Before his win earlier this year, he had not won on the PGA Tour since 2017-2018 season. He kind of became more famous in team play, Ryder Cup play, matching up with Phil Mickelson in a dynamic duo for the American squad. But Bradley was quiet for a couple of years. Now he's coming back strong. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open out at L.A. the previous week. Spent a little time with his two boys, Logan and Cooper. They played some mini golf, had some fun. And, boy, he bounced back last week, or I should say this weekend, winning the Travelers. It's pretty amazing. You don't have to be the elite, elite, elite group of golfers to make a lot of money. Now, of course, you have to pay for travel and your caddy and hotels and everything. But still, Keegan Bradley, his career earnings with that victory, now over $40 million. Four. Another big winner of the weekend, Cody Bellinger's first baseman's glove. Love this guy, Notre Dame guy, but Trey Mancini made a key bad error in yesterday's loss to St. Louis. The Cardinals were in a whole lot of trouble. They got trounced the day before 9-1. We're down 4-0 in the second inning of game two yesterday. And then a flip to Mancini at first base. He tried to make the catch barehanded for some reason, dropped it. That led eventually to the Cardinals scoring three runs in the second, sparking them to a 7-5 victory over the Chicago Cubs. Now, Mancini only has two errors this year, but at times it may not be the smoothest first base for this guy from Notre Dame. With the Cubs apparently really enjoying having Christopher Morell in center field, Bellinger will likely get a majority of his playing time now at first base, so Mancini might be more of a designated hitter going forward. They pulled Mancini quickly from that game yesterday. Now, the Cardinals brought in a right-handed reliever in Jake Woodford with the lefty Matthew Libertor on the mound to start the game. So, with the lefty out, they did bring Bellinger back in. So, I don't think he was pulled because of defense, but it could have been a factor in the decision. They got Bellinger in the game against the righty. Now, Bellinger is a free agent at the end of the year. So, The Cubs will have a decision to make near the trade deadline on August the 1st. Do they keep Cody Bellinger and try to make the postseason, or do they ship him off to another team to try to grab some assets for their future? Big decision, but right now looks like we will see more of Cody Bellinger's first baseman's mitt. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Another winner of the weekend. The unexplainable things that happen in Major League Baseball. In a three-game series at Coors Field, a.k.a. Hitters Heaven, the Los Angeles Angels outscored the Colorado Rockies 32-12. to 
run differential plus 20. But do you know what? The Angels lost two of the three games despite outscoring Colorado 32 to 12. How did this happen? Funny you should ask. The Angels in game two hammered the Rockies 25 to 1. The 25 run set an Angels franchise record for runs in a game. They also set the franchise record for hits in a game with 28, runs in an inning with 13. Now, the margin of victory, 24, was tied for the third highest in the majors since 1900. 2007, Texas beat Baltimore by four touchdowns and a missed extra point, 27-30-3. And who could forget in 1950, Boston beat the St. Louis Browns by 25-29-4. So despite winning by 24, the Angels still lost the series because the Rockies won game one 7-4 and the rubber game of the three-game series yesterday 4-3. On top of everything else, with the Angels scoring 25 runs in game two, the best player on the planet, Shohei Otani, went one for seven in that record-setting game two. Number two. Another winner from the weekend, Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff. As Notre Dame safety recruiting, successful once again, 2024 Fort Wayne native Tay Johnson commits to the Irish. 63170, 283rd best player overall, according to On3. Number 12 athlete, number five prospect in Indiana. He had visited Purdue multiple times, Tennessee, Michigan State, Penn State, Miami. But he picks the Fighting Irish. And now Notre Dame with three safeties in the 24 class. Johnson, Kennedy Erlocker, and Tabron Benny Powell, a.k.a. BP. And as we told you earlier, Notre Dame now has two Indiana high school products in this class. Johnson joins from Fisher, Indiana, and Hamilton Southeastern High School offensive lineman Styles Prescott. Number one. And the number one winner of the weekend, just in general, the College World Series and college baseball fans. This has been an amazing week and a half of college baseball on that sport's biggest stage in Omaha. Game one of this entire College World Series, Oral Roberts with a four-run ninth inning to stun TCU 6-5. Later that night, Florida rallies past Virginia with a three-run ninth inning to win game two of the College World Series. Moving forward, LSU advanced to the championship round with an 11th inning two-run walk-off home run by Tommy White as the Tigers beat number one Wake Forest 2-0. And then in game one of the best of three championship round series, LSU knocks off Florida 4-3 on Cade Beloso's 11th inning home run. No dramatics yesterday in game two as the Gators crushed the Tigers 24-4. I saw on social media, Brian Kelly, family and friends hopping on a plane for Omaha to watch game two. Based on the 24-run score, he must have had Brian Van Gorder on the flight. That's our My Five question of the day. The five biggers of the five biggest winners of the weekend, Keegan Bradley, Cody Bellinger's first baseman's mitt, the unexplainable things that happened in Major League Baseball, Notre Dame safety recruiting, 
and the College World Series. Game three coming up in about 32 minutes in Omaha. We'll talk some NFL next and a very unusual streak. In fact, it's a record-setting streak from our friends in the NFC East. The Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and whatever we call them now, I guess we'll go with the Commanders. That's coming up. Plus, we've got some sports wagering talk to get to, and I'll sneak in some Taylor Hall thoughts. The Blackhawks acquired this outstanding offensive talent in a salary dump with the Boston Bruins earlier today. As a Bruin fan, I'll give you some good insight, I think, on what the Blackhawks got. That's coming your way in a few moments, 629 at WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 6.35 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're brought to you by Budweiser, the food bank of northern Indiana. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Well, for you hockey fans, things are going to be heating up over the next couple of days. With the NHL draft coming up, I believe on Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee, the Chicago Blackhawks hit the jackpot. They won the lottery and they will pick number one overall. And what a great year to have the number one pick. A guy that has been called a generational talent is going to be taken by the Blackhawks. He's 17 years old. He won't be 18 until July. And a name that you will know very well very soon in Connor Bedard, the 17-year-old in 57 games in the WHL. 57 games, 71 goals, 72 assists, and 143 points. He's been compared to Sidney Crosby making the jump from junior hockey to the National Hockey League, so the Hawks appear to have the perfect individual to build around as they try to get back to a spot in the NHL where their fans are proud of them. It's been a rough couple of years for the Hawks, but this is a good building block. And with Bedard just about set to become a Blackhawk, the Hawks made a move today that appears to be built around giving this guy an offensive weapon on his line as an 18-year-old, a veteran presence to his line. Today, the Boston Bruins and the Chicago Blackhawks, two original six franchises hooked up in a deal, and the Blackhawks, the key part of the deal, acquired forward Taylor Hall from the Bruins along with a 35-year-old unrestricted free agent in Nick Foligno. In return... This was a salary dump for Boston. They had to move Hall. So all they got back were a pair of two restricted free agents and Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula. For the Hawks, they get a terrific offensive talent. For Boston, they got the salary cap relief that they needed. I think the fact is that they want to re-sign Bertuzzi, who they picked up from Detroit. 
late last year for their playoff push. And to do that, they have to make salary cap room. And Hall, to his credit, Hawk fans, you are getting a guy that was the number one pick in the 2010 NHL draft. There was talk back then, should the number one pick be Taylor Hall or Tyler Sagan? Boston actually got Sagan at number two. Then they shipped him to Dallas in a horrible trade. And eventually the Bruins got Taylor Hall, but now they move him to Chicago. So as a Bruin fan who watches their games, let me give you my insight on Taylor Hall. He's 31 years old. Salary the next two years of his contract, $6.25 million this year, $5.25 million next year. His salary cap hit each of the next two years is $6 million. The Hawks have room to bring in this forward. Now, he's 31 years old, and last year he got banged up late in the year and only played in 61 games. In those 61 games, 16 goals, 20 assists, 36 points. That doesn't sound a lot, but let's add a little perspective. He is one of the most unselfish players you will find. A star player that on a really good Boston team that set all sorts of regular season records and then got upset in the first round by Florida, Taylor Hall, who is going to be on a first or second line on just about any other team in the NHL, he took one for the team and for for Boston to develop three really strong scoring lines. Hall played third line last year for Boston, so he was not playing all the time with the most talented centers. Now, he played a lot with Charlie Coyle, who is a really, really good center, But had he played with, for example, the second-line center, David Krejci, or the first-line center, Patrice Bergeron, those numbers could have been greater. So he was only on the third line, so don't let 36 points in 61 games rattle you as a Hawk fan. He is still a guy with great speed. He can break down the opposition. For a score, he is a good, good playmaker. So he and Bedard could work very well off each other if that's, in fact, the direction the Hawks go, putting those two on the same line. I will say, as a Bruin fan watching Hall from afar in Edmonton and New Jersey, that I thought he would have a little bit better of a scoring touch. He puts himself in really good spots to score, but I felt like he left some goals on the ice last year for Boston, but again, speed, playmaker, he can score, he's really good on the power play, and once he got by the injury late in the year, he came back for the playoffs, and in that seven-game loss to Florida, Taylor Hall was not the reason why Boston lost, as Hall had eight points in seven games for the Bruins against the Panthers. So, As a Bruin fan, I think for the Hawks, this is an outstanding addition. A veteran player likely to add to Connor Bedard's line. And with Bedard's playmaking abilities, I think there's a really good chance Hall could get back into the 30-goal mark. I think his career high was 39 with the New Jersey Devils. It would not shock me if he doesn't really double his goal total from last year. Now, The one thing I will say is, when you think about the Hawks next year, the opposition is going to put their best defensive pair when they can, when 
Changes can occur, obviously, when the Hawks are at home, they get the final change. But on the road, the Hawks are going to be sitting ducks because when Bedard's line comes on the ice, the home team gets the final change, and you can put your most effective defensive pairing out there against a Bedard-Hall line. But still, Bedard's going to get his points. Hall's got a playmaker once again to work with, and it just seems like a really good fit. The Hawks get a veteran, very good offensive player, to be a part of their reshaping of their organization. For Boston, they didn't get much back for Taylor Hall, but what they got back is salary cap relief help, which they desperately need right now. They used up a lot of their draft picks to make a playoff push, and with the salary cap being an issue, they had to make a move, and Hall was the first to go, as he is now a Chicago Blackhawk. Felino is an unrestricted free agent. The Hawks may not even sign him. There's already been talk by some of the Boston media that they may try to re-sign him. He's a he's a good old veteran power forward, can get under people's skin, 10 goals, 26 assists, 36 points for Boston last year, but more of a fourth-line player. So with Connor Bedard about to become a Chicago Blackhawk, looks like Taylor Hall is going to be on right wing for Bedard when this upcoming season gets underway. All right, 643 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Let me take a timeout after that Taylor Hall Chicago Blackhawks talk. We'll come back and get to a little sizzler. Sports wagering talk is on the way. There's not going to be any good odds for who the Hawks are going to take at number one. It's been decided for a long, long time. It is the superstar, Connor Bedard. 644. On your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. I'm Darren Pritchett, Sports Beat at 6.50 on WSBT Radio. We now shift gears to our segment that we call Sizzler. We going to Sizzler here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT as we get into some sports wagering conversation on Friday's program. Four suggestions for you to gnaw on. And the first one was from London, England, projecting ahead to Saturday's Cub Cardinals matchup in London. The total runs for that game was 14 and a half. And I took the under at plus 100. You bet 10 to win $20. So you could have doubled your money going under 14 and a half total runs for the Cubs and the Cardinals. And you doubled your money if you took it like we did. It was 9-1 Cubbies. So 10 was the total. One of the big reasons why I went under was the fact that after all those runs were scored in 2019 in this stadium, when the Red Sox and the Yankees played, they altered the dimensions, made it much more difficult to hit home runs. There were 10 home runs hit in two games between the Red Sox and the Yankees in 2019 with the fences a little further back. And also with Justin Steele pitching, I felt like that this was going to be a nice Cub victory. The Cardinals would not score a whole lot. That turned out to be the case. The second suggestion went very well as well. I took the Seattle Mariners on the money line 
at the Baltimore Orioles at minus 120. You put down 10 bucks to win 18-33. And it was an easy victory as I backed Logan Gilbert and the Mariners, and they won 13-1 at Camden Yard over the Baltimore Orioles. The other two suggestions, not so hot. We took the Atlanta Braves on the money line at the Cincinnati Reds. Not really a, a very juicy bet. Minus 150, bet 10 to win 16.66. I thought the Braves would hit Luke Weaver hard, starting pitcher for the Reds. They did. But the Reds also hammered the Braves pitching. Braves on the money line was the wrong side. The Reds won 11 to 10 Friday night. And the fourth and final suggestion from Friday's show. I took the New York Mets on the money line at the Phillies. I went with Singa over Tejon Walker at plus 100. Again, a chance to double your money if the Mets won. Nowadays, not a good choice. Easy win for the Phillies, 5-1. to one. So 2-2 two and two on Friday. We finished the week 8-7 and seven with one push. For the month of June, it's our best month ever since we started this segment. 41-21-1. and one. And now for the year, 204, 162, and 4. All right, let's find some winners tonight. Very difficult. Not many games on the Major League Baseball slate. So we've got two Major League selections and two from the College World Series in Omaha, which starts in a couple of minutes. We'll start with the big leagues. The White Sox and the Angels out in Anaheim kicking off a series. I mentioned this was a weak night on the slate, so I'm going deep, deep into the numbers with a player prop from the Angels and the White Sox. Angels starting pitcher Reed Detmers, his over-under for walks in this game is one and a half. I'm going to go over one and a half against the White Sox tonight at minus 105. You bet 10 to win 19.52. Detmers has walked two or more batters in four of his last five games, but his most recent start against the Dodgers, he walked only one. Now, there's some Sox hitters that don't have a lot of discipline, so maybe I'm on the wrong side of this, but Detmers was so good. He was on against the Dodgers. I'm hoping for a step back. And he's got to face the guy that was named AL Rookie of, I'm sorry, AL Player of the Week just a little bit ago, Luis Robert of the White Sox, who hit four home runs last week. So Reed Detmers over one and a half walks against the White Sox at minus 105. Second suggestion, Mariners minus one and a half runs against the Nationals at minus 125, backing Luis Castillo. I've got from the College World Series, Florida and LSU over nine total runs. The pitching is getting thin, so I think the offense picks up tonight. So over nine runs at minus 115. And I've got the underdog Florida beating LSU tonight at plus 105. I hear it's up to plus 120 right now if you want Florida. But we've got them at plus 105. Sports Speed brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for joining me. Back tomorrow at 5 here on WSBT. This is the... 
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 